This is Digging in the Dirt with Kevin Gallagher, where Kevin and his guests dig a little deeper into today's issues surrounding the environment, farming, gardening, and food. My guest now is Raju Rajan. Raju describes himself as a technologist with a strong communitarian ethic. Raju is one of the founders of Rewild Long Island and currently serves as board president. Raju is an avid gardener and amateur tree enthusiast. He also owns and manages a small agroforest in India dedicated to rewilding and permaculture. Rewild Long Island is accepting applications from community groups to join their Rewild Long Island Gardens program, and that's why Raju is here to talk about it. Welcome, Raju. Hey, Kevin. Thank you. Thanks a lot for having me on. Thanks for joining me. So Rewild Long Island, your website says you're dedicated to sustainable landscaping for biodiversity and climate resilience. Your site asks to imagine a rewild community garden in your neighborhood. So is that your goal to have lots of rewilding community gardens? Yeah, well, um, we measure ourselves, right? We simplify all our complex activities down to, hey, are we making butterflies happy? And are we making people put their hands in the ground? Really, that's the two goals, right? Which is to um, increase biodiversity and increase citizen engagement and involvement in our environment especially the landscapes around us, right? If we look around, Long Island's beautiful. Long Island's very rich and diverse and fertile and beautiful. (laughs) But we've had a lot of conventional landscaping and a lot of conventional thinking when it comes to landscapes, right? We open up our real estate glossies and see houses with lawns in front of them and swimming pools behind them and tennis courts. And, right, Uh, we see our canopies uh, slowly getting eroded, so to speak, trees going down. And, you know, we have encroachment, like even where farms used to exist, we have more and more housing developments, we have more concrete, we have uh, less uh, permeable surfaces, um, and and everything shows, right? I mean, our waterways are impacted, our land is impacted, the amount of locally produced food is less, and and it has an environmental consequence in terms of biodiversity and climate change. So, Our goal um, on the whole is to get people thinking differently about the landscapes around us. Um, Open up our minds, open up our imaginations. These lawns are not God-given. They were invented by us, mostly in Long Island, and spread all over the world as a a de facto uh, landscape to put in front of your house. But there are lots of other alternatives. Uh, You could... uh, you could grow trees, you could grow uh, meadows, you could grow wildflower gardens, you could grow you know, tomatoes, you could, <laughs> there are so many things that you could grow pawpaws, right? Um, and, and make it look beautiful and keep your real estate values and enjoy and be more healthy and spend less money and pump less water out of the aquifer and throw fewer chemicals on the ground and kill fewer bugs and still be happier. Right? So that's the goal. And the question is how? Right? And, and, and these community gardens are a way to wake our imagination and what we are basically telling right asking groups to do is saying hey if you have land or access to land um, and you will do that and have that access for a few years at least if you have access to water and if you have a group of people that is willing to work that garden meaning come in and do the maintenance at least once a week right a couple of hours a week then we'll give you right access we'll give you an expert who can help you determine what plants go in there, help you design it, 
we'll give you free plants, we'll give you uh, uh, irrigation, we'll put in the irrigation, uh, and then we'll help you with a variety of different programs and things like that to recruit volunteers and bring in and teach you how to maintain it. So essentially it becomes this thing where, um, you know, together, right, whether you're a church group or a school group or a synagogue or a, um, or, or, or a, a, a historic society or um, so many, so many different op options here, um, you could take a small, anything 300 square feet to 1,000 square feet, 20, 1,200, 1,500 square feet, um, put in an application and then we'd love to support you uh, in terms of creating a garden, whether it's an edible garden, whether it's a, a wildflower garden, pollinator garden, a mix of all of these. Hey, we can we can work with you to make it happen. Great. Well, before we get into the mechanics of that, what, what I'd like to you to address what I saw on your site as the three tenants for both public and private spaces. So uh, the first one was growing native plants, and then you said encouraging genetic diversity. And three was our yard should be designed to maximize biodiversity. So could you just address those briefly? Yeah. So the goal is really when you look at your, um, either it's a private space or a public space. Um, I mean, I think, you know, we have we have another sort of easy mnemonic to remember, help you remember what sustainable landscaping is about and how it connects with ecosystems and climate change, right? We call that the crown acronym. So crown is like the first C stands for composting, R stands for recycling and reusing, O stands for organic vegetables, W stands for holding water wisely, and N stands for native plants, right? So these are the elements that typically go into a landscape. And by putting these elements in, um, what you do is you ensure that you're building soil, you're holding the water, that you are growing things that require fewer resources um, and, and overall contribute towards uh, fewer carbon emissions, uh, while at the same time recycling and putting things back in, reproducing less waste. And that principle, you know, we can break it down into many different ways, but essentially that's what it comes down to in terms of sustainable landscaping. So let's say a community group's listening and they really want to get involved with you. What's the process? Where do they go first to sign up? And then what do you direct them to do? So they go to our website, uh, www.rewildlongisland.org. And if uh, our gardens program is under our projects page, go there. There's a very uh, straightforward application that you need to fill in. And it asks for the usual things. It asks, hey, who are you? What are you trying to do? Where are you trying to do it? Do you have title to the land, right? Obviously, you can't put a garden on somebody else's land. And then do you have access to water? And then... Uh, it gives you a bunch of checkoffs as to what you need to do, right? I mean, do you need deer-resistant plants? Do you need rabbit-resistant plants? I mean, just having you think through uh, various aspects of that garden. We expect, right? I mean, if, if uh, we, we, it's not a very complicated. We try to keep it simple because we don't want to make it too onerous. And many of the groups that apply are community groups. So just put in that application. We are accepting, like, you know, right now, up to the 20th, we'll accept all applications, and then we'll start scheduling interviews. So please get your applications in. But even if you're not able to get it in by the 20th, don't worry. Go ahead and tell us what you need. Um, tell us what you need, uh, and we will make sure that your uh, application on a running basis will continue interviewing, I'm sure, into uh, February uh, and possibly even earlier March. But by that time, we'll have our gardens lined up, and then we'd want to go 
stock planting and stock designing. Great. So what what is it that you design? Do you give them seeds or plants or you recommend that they go out and, and, and get certain seeds and plants to put into these new gardens? So what we would do is we'd have our uh, garden consultant uh, come out and work with the group. So we'll look at the land, we'll look at the sun, we'll look at the soil, we'll look at the slope, right? Uh, we'll look at the water, water access. We'll look at the, we'll discuss the objectives of the group and then make a recommendation, work online um, back and forth to create like a garden design. So it's native plants. I mean, typically these plants, you know, we, we at least for most gardens that have um, like a flower garden, we put in a lot of native perennials with some annuals in there because the native perennials won't bloom the first year. They'll bloom the second year, so we'll try to put some annuals in there, so you get some, you get a nice pop in the first year, sure. and you get like beautiful blooms and the pollinators in the second year. So we kind of like work that with with the garden, and then the plants are. So we have a spring plant sale that goes live online around April, and then the distribution is in early May. So we'll order all the plants. So uh, the community group does not have to do anything. We'll order all the plants, and you'll just pick that up from one of our pickup locations take it to your community garden. And then on a fine day, our um, consultant will again show up and then help you, like based on the design, put that put those plants in the ground with your volunteers and then teach you how to maintain and so on and so forth. Um, for some gardens, if there's any clearing that is required, we'll recommend that. We don't like clear brush. That's something you'll have to do on your own. But suppose it's just a lawn or something in there, then we'll definitely advise you to put down cardboard and mulch, right? Like, so just basically doing the basics so that you have a weed-free experience, at least for the first year. So some basic tips on how to design, how to implement a garden, help you get started on that. Uh, put the irrigation in so you don't have to come in. You know, you can spend your time more viewing and actually weeding your garden as opposed to just watering it. Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, put you on a schedule and put you on our group. So depending on your needs, we'll get the signage out there. We'll help you get programs out there and then, uh, you know, sort of uh, grow the garden from there. Yeah. And how many community gardens do you have already? Um, so last year, we were planning to do three to five gardens. We ended up doing like 13. Oh, wow. So, Great. <laughs> yeah. So we have 13 uh, through the through Long Island. This year, we are looking to add, again, the, do remember those 13 are in the first year. So They'll still need some additions and edits and continued maintenance this year. Uh, and then we, on top of that, we, we'll put in 15 to 20 gardens this year. Oh, awesome. Is the expense borne by the group themselves? It's completely free. We, we have a grant. We have grants from the National Fish and Wildlife Foundation, as well as other donors. So that's kind of the heavy lift we do. We, we go and get the grants. Um, so we want the program to be entirely I mean, it won't be entirely free because every garden has some sure. specific needs we may not give. But the plants, the irrigation, the signage, and the consulting is completely free. That's something we do. Uh, what we need from you is exactly those three things, the space, the water, and the labor of love. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, well, one rewilding garden at a time, right? <laughs> Until we exactly. get a lot of them. <laughs> Um, so we, uh, we're talking to Raju Rajan, and he's part of the rewilding project here on Long Island. And it sounds like a wonderful thing to do. The 
what I'm interested in is what, what kind of plants do you have? Give us an idea of what kind of plants you're you're recommending to plant. Oh, we'll have a list. We'll we'll put a, we'll have at least about 110 different plants on our. Oh, really? 110? Species. Yeah, there are lots of native plant species. The question is, what is going to be adapted to that garden? You know, everybody, you know, the, the easy to grow ones, right? The heliopsis and the uh, coneflowers and the, uh, I don't know, monada, the, the bee bombs and the, uh, <laughs> all, the, all, the, all the easy ones, right? Like definitely the pleasant, beautiful ones, the penstemon. So we try to get like, you know, the, the principles we generally recommend, right? Would be to have something that flowers in every season. So you're actually feeding the bees across the, across the seasons, ensuring that you're doing things by height. You don't put the tall plants in front and you put the short plants. So we give you a mix of the heights so you see things gradually and look structured and beautiful. And also, right, giving you that combination of contrasting colors and similar colors. So your eye is drawn, right? So you want to put, you know, you want to get a some white ones and some yellow and some beautiful purples and and then, you know, you want to get the asters for the end of the season. You want to get the golden rods for the end of the season, middle of the season. Always you can have a huge choice for uh, the middle of the season and early in the season, everything from your um, golden alexanders to uh, geraniums to um, uh, to to uh, penstemons would do beautifully. So we do a mix of all of those things. And uh, definitely we take, you know, it's it's a collaborative effort. Your group knows nothing about native plants and you're worried about it. Don't worry. We'll help you out give you all suggestions based on what we have done if yours is an expert i mean we've had groups which were master gardeners and they had very clear ideas on what they wanted to do and we were like great we'll support you and here's where's the plant list and sometimes you won't get all the plants immediately if you do a design but that's it's a perennial garden the goal here is to continue doing it it's not instant garden in a box you know just to add water uh, no instant gratification you're going to be doing this over time so we'll usually get you small plants which will grow to be big plants right very cool very cool i like the idea so that we're talking to raju rajan who is the president of the board of the rewild long island and they're accepting applications from community groups right now to join rewild long island why don't you tell them once again where that website is raju uh, the website is www.rewildlongisland.org.org Right. So um, go there or you could just go to Google and say Rewild Long Island. Rewild is R-E-W-I-L-D, a space Long Island. And we'll come up first or second on that search. Click on it. Go, go to the programs we have and you can definitely find your way to the application or just go to the bottom of the page and send us an email and we'll send you a pointer. No so you're only looking for groups. What if a homeowner is kind of interested in this? We can give you resources. The point is to, you know, we don't want, we can't give public money for private benefit, right? So okay. Give out grants for people to do it in their backyards, but we'll definitely go do give you resources. And guess what? If you're a private gardener, you can still come to our plant sale and spend your, uh, there are a couple of groups that do. So for example, the town of North Hempstead usually has a, a rebate program. There are like ways that Peconic or Estuary Partnership, they have a rebate. So look in your local local areas there may be rebate programs going around but it, you, it, it doesn't have to be expensive for a hundred bucks you could put in a pretty nice size sure, yeah. there <laughs> simply because the plants we sell like very often the plants we sell are babies um, and they're very inexpensive two dollars three dollars plant you could easily put them in and then they're just going to grow to be big plants why do you want to spend 30 bucks putting in a plant when you put three bucks putting in a plant and the end of the year it looks like a 30 buck plant 
that's the best return <laughs> investment, better than the stock market. I agree. Yeah. I agree with you. And it's, and it's a payoff, right? It's so beautiful. Right? You could get to enjoy it. And, yeah. and, you know, I've been doing this for a while. We, there's a place up in Farmingham, uh, Massachusetts that started this years ago. We went there first, and that's when I first got interested in native plants. And then I've been going to the Long Island Native Plant Initiative, too. They have really good sales in the spring. So people may want to check out that group as well. Uh, there's lots of Very stuff. Very often we source our plants from them. So some of the plants we offer will be from Limpy. Um, absolutely wonderful, wonderful organization. Give a big shout out to Greg and Maggie and the team there too, because uh, they do a great job of uh, bringing uh, Long Island uh, ecotypes to the public. Um, and 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 absolutely, we we have their plans as well as other other other. Uh, yeah, plans. great. So let me just address one thing before I let you go here, and that is you know, the pushback that you can get from, you know, these immaculately manicured lawns and gardens, you know, that don't look rewilding, you know, I mean, rewilding is a different concept. And it's a sort of a different look. And it sort of goes against, I think, what the bad habits of suburbia, for instance. And so you, it's hard to start putting in plants that can look unwieldy and stuff to a lot of people. What do you say to people who you say, hey, you know, give it a try in certain parts of your garden and, and, and don't worry about what what the community's thinking so much as they do, do the right thing? No, you know, I, I actually say something slightly different, Kevin. Basically, what I say is that, hey, it's, this is at the outset of a different way of gardening, right? There is nothing about an echinacea or a heliopsis that makes it uglier or less sturdy than a rosebush or a tulip. It's just that those have been cultivated for a very, very long time. They have been domesticated. And so we are used to what their ecotype, I mean, we, we are used to their behaviors in our garden. And there are just as good native plants as there are you know, just because you're going to put in a native plant does not mean you need a wild and willy naturalistic look. You can absolutely go for a naturalistic look if that's what I mean. For example, my backyard, I have a meadow. It's completely wild. It's beautiful in its way. In my front yard, I have a much more structured garden where I have space between plants. I have erect plants largely that stand up and then I weed between those plants. So it looks more like a formal or a or regular garden, right? And there is nothing about the plant that <laughs> lends itself to one thing or another. It's just our imagination and our cultural practices. We are early in the life cycle of using natural native plants in our um, yards. And that's why you just have, you just need a little bit more patience with it. Um, I would just say like, hey, when the organic movement started, remember how those tomatoes used to look and people were like, oh my God, you know, yeah, I mean, if I go to, you know, whatever, my store, I'm, I'm going to get my clean looking, beautiful red tomato as opposed to this ugly looking thing. There's nothing about a tomato that made it look like that, right? And then as the organic movement matured, now you go to Whole Foods, you're going to get look, beautiful looking organic tomatoes. Beautiful, yeah. We'll actually pay a premium for them, right? So it's just a matter of like maturity um, and, and just learning a little bit. And exactly, as you said, take a little patch and try it out. I mean, what I all like, or the, or the worst thing that can happen is that you get addicted and then you want to do like bigger and bigger things <laughs> because nobody's going to like, you know, say, I hate butterflies and I'm not going to do that ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, it's an admirable project. And uh, once again, you can apply to the uh, Rewild Long Island program right now. Just Google it and you'll find it. And uh, Raju, I really thank you for coming. My guest has been Raju Rajan from the Rewild Long Island program. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, thank you so much for being here today. All right, you too. Bye.
You've been listening to Digging in the Dirt with Kevin Gallagher. Thank you.